Hello and welcome to Heavy Matters episode 56 with me, Joey, him, Benny. And on today's show, we're covering albums from Watain, Monuments and Huntsman. We're back for another episode of Pure Filth, Benny. Uh, a mixed bag, isn't it? I wouldn't say pure filth. I'd say it's probably 33% filth. 33.33 recurring filth. Yes. Because it's a mate. And... and and we all know which album we're going to be talking about when we refer to that. Um, how have you been, mate? I haven't spoken to you for ages. Well, I have, yeah. but not, not in podcast terms. Not on official business. No, we've seen each other a little bit lately, and we're going to see each other a little bit more soon as well. Yes. Yes, uh, we, yes. we were at the stag, weren't we? We were. We were. Our friend of the show, Marty Haddock, stag, so that was lovely. You bailed early, dodged, got out of dodge, I think is yeah. what they say. Yeah. You put together a lovely playlist, including some very kind of, <laughs> some party black metal for most of the non-metal loving uh, attendees. Uh, are you referring to Craig Lefeuf? <laughs> okay, well, so I mean, I'm sure there was like some even more obscure kind of <laughs> black metal in there. It just chuckle when it came on. Like satiricon or something like that. Just trying to convert the masses, mate. That's all we're trying to do. <laughs> From people who solely listen to BBC Radio 2 every day and then have satiric on them and mayhem. Um, oh, I was in a bad way. Oh, Saturday, mate. After oh, you, after our game yeah. of pool. I mean, and then you I had to... had to retire back to bed. <laughs> you couldn't even have your egg and bacon back. It, it's safe to say we are not 21 anymore. Oh, mate. But you managed to get back on uh, get back on it for the... Got back on it. Had a little snooze. Got back on it. We corpse painted up. Yeah, as, I as your is... your goal poses. Yeah, yeah. Uh, corpse painted up as standard. And then had a little disco. And then, oh, it was a minging drive back Sunday oh. to the airport. And I'm, and you know, I was sat in Birmingham Airport thinking I have to do this all over again in about six weeks for download. <laughs> oh, five-dayer. Even worse. Well, we, we will definitely do a um, download preview show. Preview before. show and review. And preview and review. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We Pre- can do the review on the, the Monday morning after. Live oh, direct oh. from Birmingham Airport. Oh, good God. That would be the worst ever. It anyway, we'd be, be pretty low. We would. Um, live, live, live news, Venny. Um, yes. I went to see. Spotted live news. Uh, yeah, it's coming up. It's getting bigger though. Uh, I've got a tool on Friday in Dubbers as well. Lovely, mate. Yeah. I've yeah. Got the following Monday as well. Oh, lovely. Co uh, two. Yeah. Um, Lloyd Cole, long time listener of the show. He's flying over for for it. Uh, Owen McKenna, another listener of the show. He's coming with us. Um, so there's six of us going, which would be nice. Um, so it's all Friday, yeah. But I was at Malevolence on Friday night in Dublin. And it was, do you remember when I went to see Unto Others? And I said yeah. it was very, very sparse. It was in the same venue. Um, I arrived with my mate, Steve, just as um, Baylor from Cork started. Do you know Baylor? I do, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's Baylor, yeah. Yeah. Um, and the place was packed, jammed for it. It was great. Um, Amazing. The sound was. What sort of cap are we looking at, mate? Oh, I would say between one fifty, two fifty max. Fine. 
Yeah. Maybe I've got I, 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 my head. Yeah, like it's nowhere academy size. Let's make sure. that clear. Um, but yeah, great turnout for Baylor. Um, sounded great. The bass tone on them was just oh perfection. Um, so they played for about twenty minutes. Uh, got the crowd really pumped for um, you know really Were good. They, ten- uh, first or second support, or is it only- first first support? Um, okay. So they they got the crowd nicely in the palm of their hand and had had the place pumping for what was to come. Um, and then uh, the next band supporting were called Guilt Trip from England. Yeah. See them. Um, yeah. Again, they're very. On, they're on the MLB LTD record label, I, I believe. They came out on their tour. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, they were very good. Um, they played pretty much hardcore music. Um, yeah. And actually, to to note. I said to my mate Steve, who I was with, I was like, I've never been to an underground hardcore show. Like, I've been to see Hatebreed and, like, supporting Machine Head or on their own headline tour. But this was my first experience of a hardcore show. So we sort of, we got down on the floor for Guilt Trip, but then um, took a few steps back when when, uh, Malevolence came on. And by Jesus Christ, they just tore the place down. Like... I, I've I've never seen Malevolence before. Um, I have listened to them before. Um, Hardcore is not really my thing, and I'd probably say not yours either. Really, like your go-to, but um, Jesus Christ, they absolutely laid waste to Dublin. Like from the first song, there were people doing their two-step spin kicking shite, which I'm not a fan of, by the way. But that aside. Um, they had people on stage. They had people jumping on each other. <laughs> they just, from the start, they just kicked off. There was a lovely moment on, um, do you know the slow song of their EP they did release last yeah. year? I can't remember what it's called now. Um, but it's obviously about mental health. And um, yeah. they said like, um, look, yeah, yeah. They said, look, we want to take a moment. You know, a lot of people lost their lives. Um, it's okay not to be okay. You know, you can talk out and, that was the only time I got in the pit because I knew it wasn't going to be a hard song. I was at the front and the vibes were great. Um, is it the other side? It's the other side. It is, it is, yeah. I just looked up, yeah. Then they played uh, Broken Glass. Is it Broken Glass? It is, isn't Broken it? Glass. What a track. Fucking hell. I mean, hell. I'm keeping my powder dry somewhat for next week, next next show where we are re- reviewing the LP, but um, that single has been out for a while. What a monster. It's it. I was when I saw it live. I was saying to my mate, I was like, "This is just that that um the chorus, which the guitarist yeah. sings, because got such great No La vibes off it, like oh, Crowbar, yeah. Down, um, I Hate God, all of that, and it just it's really strange actually. And we won't go into too much because, as you said, we're going to review it um on the next show. But it's really strange how they mix this hardcore and that that sort of vibe. And keep it really interesting and fresh, like. Mate, I, I mean, to me, the sky has no limits for this band. I've said it before. What? They are, I mean, I'm going to see Tool in a couple of weeks' time. Tool are my favourite band. But of, of the latest kind of newer British bands, I absolutely love Malevolence. I cannot say enough about them i love all the things you say i echo like that southern soul they have to them mm. to, to kind of 
work alongside that hardcore. Yeah. I'm going to say it. They are the UK's modern version of Pantera. Oh! <laughs> oh! He's only gone and bloody said it. I know. Like, we're not going to go into too much detail on this because we are going to review the album. But I know where you are coming from with that. And and we'll leave it till next week's show um, when we review the new album. Um, no spoilers on that one. But um, I'm glad I'm glad you had a good time, mate. Because I think they are. I mean, this is nothing to do with the album. I think they are one of the best live acts around. And I just I think the energy, the fire, the soul, everything, the whole package. It just feels exciting when you're at their show and. Do you know you go to a lot? We've been to, I don't know, hundreds of shows between mm. us. But to get that genuine edge yeah, and yeah. excitement, I mean, there's not much like it. So, yeah, delighted you had a great time there, mate. Yeah, and um, just coming back to what we always say, like British metal is in such a good place. Like um, Harriet, I don't know if you've listened to Harriet, um, their new album, Tony did a review for the website. Um, their new album came out last Friday, actually on the same day. Uh, I went to see Malevolence. You know, another great British band, Flying the Flag. It's just brilliant. Employed to serve. You know, the list just goes on. And you could almost have a festival of just British bands at this Absolutely. stage. And you'd be happy to go, mate. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that was my live review. I will probably do a tool. Like, we could do, I both do a tool live review for the next yeah, show. Yeah, we could. We yeah. Show. yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so... Um, let's get on with the show then. So first and foremost, we're going to start with Swedish black metal, and I say legends, I mean legends, Watain, and their new album, The Agony and Ecstasy of Watain. I don't know if any of you have uh, managed to check out my interview with Eric Danielson. Uh, it has just peaked 900 views on YouTube, Venny, which wow. is mind-blowing. Um What's more mind-blowing is the fact that I got to sit down with one of, like, the best black metal bands of all time and one of my heroes and didn't make a fool of myself, I don't think. Congratulations, man. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, sat down with him. Such a nice guy. They say don't meet your heroes. He was just from the start, just absolute gentleman, really. And just to say as well, for someone whose English is his second language, his answers and not just to my interview but to every interview i've heard are just phenomenal he really is a master of his craft yeah a smart cookie without a doubt yeah yeah um okay then let's get stuck in benny me old fruit um so watain you obviously know my uh thoughts and love of the band what's your where, where was your entry point for watain would it have been lawless uh no a bit more recent than that. So I really uh, like The Wild Hunt. Mm. Um, that's the name of the album, isn't it? Yeah. It is, yeah. Um, and, you know, we talk about on the show a fair bit, my feelings about Black Metal, often I'm after just a little je ne sais quoi um, with Black Metal, and I think The Wild Hunt had it, those kind of stretched out tracks, the progressive leanings of it. Um, so that that was where I really started with Watain. Um, then... I listened to Trident Wolf Moon, that was their last album, and it was interesting to kind of see that um, contrast, it's fair to say. I mean, that was a going from quite a stretch out progressive 
piece to a raw, furious, short for shortened output. Um, It it was interesting to see. Um, And yeah, I I have subsequently gone back and, you know, I'm familiar with Lawless and tracks like Malfitio and stuff like that. So, so yeah, that's where I'm at with them. Yeah, a lot of people would be Wild Hunt would be their starting point because purely of They Rode On, which is the it was a complete shift from the black metal template, which um, I did sort of mention it to Eric when we were talking um, about it. I actually think the the title track, The Wild Hunt, is a lot better as a flavour of what they can do. But anyway, that side, uh, They Rode On, obviously, is the starting point. It's their most played song. And it's strange because, obviously, people have heard of Watain and they just made this massive shift. Whether that's done more for their listenership or not is an interesting question that we probably won't answer today. But I just think because of the likes of Lawless Darkness, their earlier work being so brutally black black metal, um, has it put people off that they then decide to go to that completely mellow song? Anyway, like you said, they then did Trident Wolf Eclipse and now they followed up with the Agony and Ecstasy of Watain. And what... Were you expecting from this? Um, it's a good question. I wasn't sure really, I, given the the last two were very different um, from each other. I wasn't sure where mm. they would go to. Often, you see bands um, doing this a little bit later in their career, and they often veer from one style to another in search of what is their base sound. Um, is it? Am I right in saying this is album number seven for them? So, so they are now kind of very well established and in the middle of their career. So you would be looking for an album that is their kind of stock um, sound. So, so I guess that's what I was expecting. And did it surprise you then? Yes, it, it did. Um, always with Watain, even in spite of that furious black metal blast that you get from them you always get something to cling on to um and that's really important i think for their appeal both in the in the black metal scene but also a wider appeal and i do think that on this album have an element i mean it's a bit strange to say this word in relation to my team but they do have an accessibility to them and they definitely have that on this record I think certainly the latter half of the record, I agree with you. What I love about this album is, and when they did the World Hunt into Trident Wolf Eclipse and went back, I was curious as to what uh, stride they would take on this album. And what they've done is they've sort of like mixed it all together. Or I don't know about mixed it all together, but they've certainly taken those accessible is probably the right word. When we talk about We Remain, which is track eight, which is... um, guest vocal of the Devil's Blood uh, lead singer, Libit Floor, I think her name is. Um, But that's certainly a lot, not mellower, but a lot slower with less of that blackened blast beats and tremolo. It's a real story. Uh, The the opening of the album is is pure Watain. This is a proper evolution, I think, of this band now, of where they're at. It was also... The first time they recorded as a five-piece, the whole band. Usually it's just uh, the, the three core members, um, but they've recorded it all live in a church. So I think they might be at this stage now where 
this is going to be them going forward. And you can certainly tell the sound on this album is massive. Um, production wise as well, which we always touch on, is very good. It still holds that rawness, but also it does let a lot of other things breathe um, in, in the mix. So um, I was very, very pleasantly surprised with this output. Were you worried coming into it then? Oh, 100%. Uh, no, sorry. No, 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 no. Sorry, not 100%. Curious and a slightly nervous i'd say that's okay. the and where did so just i mean you've asked me but you're really the expert on the subject what what were your feelings about the last two albums and where were you sitting with them on the last one trying to walk eclipse oh i loved it uh, trying to walk okay. eclipse is actually like a very sh- short album actually i think yeah it's, it's like half um, an hour or so yeah and, and um the wild hunt was obviously very expansive compared to that yeah. but um you know, me being a, a huge prog fan as well. No, I'm not saying this is progressive. The Wild Hunt is progressive at all. I'm just saying I do like when bands explore things and evolve a bit. So I was delighted with the Wild Hunt. I think they wrote on was a very brave thing for them to do. It doesn't seem to have any negative impact. But um, this is de- definitely that mix of um, Trident Wolf and the, the, the Wild Hunt. And it does no less at all to the power of each of these individual tracks yeah i mean i this i think i agree with what you've said which it is a mix of the last two albums almost a, a 50 50 mix essentially <laughs> so yeah. so which is so i guess if you're saying what are you expecting then you know that's is not far off i guess um i'll chuck my 50 cents in there and then let you uh, take it home mate as the expert mm. i mean watting are pretty much on top of the black metal pile for a good reason in my eyes they are extremely proficient musicians they're highly professional they write excellent songs i mean i think that should be emphasized Sure, this is black metal. Sure, it's not going to be for everyone, but they write excellent songs. I think they don't have much melody in terms of vocal. Those are predominantly screamed and harsh, but the melody comes from the guitar uh, harmonies, the guitar lines, the guitar leads, and I think they do that to a plum on this record. Really catchy. Elements of, you know, classic rock. We talk about how much black metal takes from classic rock, and there are elements of that in those guitar leads. But that is the thing you can really cling on to. Um, they've got great dynamics. I think for me, black metal is a real turn off when it's just one pace, furious mm-hmm. blast throughout. But I think what Watan do really nicely is they mix it up, like you say, the tracks uh, semi. Uh, Ceremosa and We Remain are really good examples when they really slow things down and I, I think they do it just as well as when they're going at 100 miles an hour and um, I think the production for me is, is spot on like you said it allows the musicianship to shine through I don't it's not muddy or anything like that um, but it's not too we go on the, the scale of Lamps and Murmur to Dimmer Borgia. It's not too polished or operatic either, so it's, it's just right. And yeah, you get that layering of all the different com- musical complexities throughout the song. So I think, yeah, they're just really good at what they do. They're just very good. And I mean, they have some notoriety 
in particular with their, do you know, their live, mm. um, what should we say, their live shows. Rituals. Sure, they've courted controversy before with former members. We're not going to go into that. But I would say, do you know, they're clearly smart guys. They're clearly very good musicians. And this is a really strong album, really strong. I just want to quickly touch on what you said about the live shows as well, because Watain started in 1998, right? And as probably all or most black metal people making music, the, the, the whole idea at the time obviously was 90% to shock, like being the satanic thing. And then it either pays off or it doesn't. Um, some bands like mayhem to an extent you know they started off with that satanic uh vibe that's gone pretty much now i mean attila still dressed in corpse paint but that's very much gone watain is an actual religion and what i have to tip my hat to watain is that they have from dan 1998 to where we are today um like they they did a live show on monday it was something like hellfest off the road or something like that um did an hour show and like it was streamed, there was a there was a crowd there, but even then, like the show was you know lighting candles and it was properly, they are truly into their art and I think with bands like that, it really takes up a notch for me that they're so, um, focused on giving some a show a proper show. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean. It's- it's probably not for everyone. I was egging you on to ask Eric whether when their show was going to become vegan friendly. <laughs> I'm not sure he quite braved it. But um, yeah, I mean, it is a spectacle, isn't it? And yeah. what I think is important to say is they have the, I hate this word, they have the chops to back it up. It's not yeah. all about the show. They have the musicianship, the songs. And they, now, if you look at their set list, like taking cuts from this album, but also their, like Malfiti or They Rode On, do you know, they, for an hour set list, I mean, that's super strong. I mean, yeah. I'd arguably prefer to see an hour from Wetain than a lot of other of the forerunners from the, from the scene. I mean, I, you might not like to hear this, but I probably would prefer to hear an hour set from Watain than Mayhem, than probably Dimmerborgia, for example, because I just think over the seven albums, they've got mm. really strong set lists now. Yes, I would. I think Dimmerborgia probably is not a... Because wow. they, they, because they have a really expansive set list as well, and their, their live shows are... They're more, how do I say this, elaborate, as in like crowd-pleasing, crowd like, you know, there's no <laughs> pig's blood or whatever. But I do understand what you mean, that I would probably rather sit down through an hour of Mayhem, uh, Boatain's back catalogue, as opposed to Mayhem's now, because Mayhem have played, do, do you know what I mean? I think also Boatain have the consistency of seven albums, whereas I think these other bands... They have had very highs, but they've also dipped down a bit, whereas I think Watain have maintained a, a very high standard for themselves. Yeah, yeah. Um, so hopefully we get to see them on tour at some point. 
Um, right, I suppose I'll let you bat first, mate. Yeah, extremely strong. I mean, I like this a lot more than I was kind of thinking I would. Um, and when I, I listened to it quite a few times, and I went, when I gave it the final listen, write notes, I was just like, no, actually, this is extremely good. Um, eight out of ten for me. That's very, very good from uh, someone as yourself yeah. who black metal not being your forte. Yeah, um, absolutely. I, I mean, I can't think of a much better black metal release um, that we covered on the show, really. Like, objectively, they're, they're ones I probably liked more. Um, mm. when bands like Winter Thyleth, um, Unrequited, for example. But I can't, uh, uh, and I'm not sure we actually reviewed Ruins of Everest, but actually, yeah. objectively, on, on the show, I'm not sure there have been that many better. So, yeah, 8 out of 10. The only other one I'm thinking now as we're talking is Lamp of Murmur and Air of... Yeah, um, I, I didn't. <laughs> from, sorry, from my point of view, um, another black metal album we've in the show. This is certainly the going to be the black metal album of the year for me. I can't really see anything coming out and, unless I've missed something off the radar. There are a lot of albums, black metal albums underground that have been released, sure, um, that I probably won't get to just because of the nature of what we sure. do. Um, but uh, this this is this is a nine for me. There's no way I'm giving yeah, anything less. I mean, like I think that's fair, totally fair, mate. Yeah, like if you know, you know, one of my favorite black metal bands have released an album this good, I can't give it anything less than nine. And and th- this will certainly be challenging the top spot on my album of the year list, without a doubt. You know, yeah. it, it it'll easily be in my top twenty. It'll easily crash my top ten. It will certainly be in my top five. Where in that top five? Uh, remains to be seen but i will just on that note uh, before you jump in what a great start to the year for music compared oh, to last year the first half of the year which was just slow wasn't it yeah this has slow been phenomenal down. i've got a few quick fire to the local sure. do- doyen of black metal um what are you taking over mayhem's damon or this oh you start I remember you really rated that highly. I mean, it's quite clear in my mind which it is, and it would be this all day long. But um, yeah. I remember you rated that last mm. song quite highly. Um, well, it was the, it, it, for, the Telox kind of contribution to it. it. For me, Damon was the best album Mayhem did since Doom Mysterious Tom Satanus, um, by, by far. Uh, now, to, to put it into context, I think... I would take Watane purely because of the run and the consistency. Yeah. Um, if you put them side by side, I'd be very hard picked. If I had to listen one, two for the rest of my life, I, I think it probably would be Watane. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm talking pretty objectively as yeah. I don't really have a dog in the fight, but um, yeah, fine. Uh, next question is what is the glass ceiling in terms of, Crowd capacity at A, standalone shows, B, festivals, C, which festivals are they um, Are they most suited to and where can they land on those respective bills? So I'll start in reverse order. So festival-wise, like health, they're playing Hellfest this year and that is yeah. like perfect for Watain. They'd be inside in one of the tents, which I would say would hold... I don't know, well over a thousand people um, uh, in, indoors, 
perfect. That is Watain's spot. How far at the bill can they go? It's very difficult in black metal um, at festivals, amongst other things. If, for example, so for example, Emperor playing uh, Incineration Festival this weekend in London, and they're headlining. It's a fairly, it's it's a bit of a mixed bill as well. But I would say Watain could comfortably sit in that and headline that show. Um, I'll fire, fire a couple at you, Damnation. Yes, headline. Headline. Uh, Bloodstock. <sighs> headline, second stage, and I think that's only purely... They've, they've done that already. Can have they? they go, they've done that already. Sophie Langhouse stage, they have headlined. Can they go beyond that? I think they could. Headlining, no. I think... Headline main stage. No. I don't think so. I think they would be maybe third... You could see him sort of third in the sure. group. Yeah, um, I'm feeling Emperor have headlined Bloodstock, albeit in probably a smaller incarnation of it a few years back. But. See, Emperor is a very different machine in terms of what their story is, if you know yeah. what I mean. There's yeah, a bit yeah. of mysticism about it, and they and did create not one generally of generally together. Yeah, yeah. A regular it's like, Yeah, exactly. Um, I'd like to be proved wrong. I just think. Black metal bands headlining a main stage. It, let's say it this way: if there was any place other than Damnation to do it, Bloodstock would be the festival to do it. If you know what I mean. Yeah, I, yeah. They probably don't just cross over into mainstream appeal enough to do that. Although I would argue that they could. They'd have a the show. We talked about Ghost and how they, you know, they yeah. have the show for a headline. I'd say Retain had the show. They have the songs, but I just don't think the mainstream know those enough of those songs. They're not familiar yeah. to them. But I don't think it's for a lack of quality. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, download festival. No. What headlining? Um, no. Where would they land as a glass <laughs> uh, ceiling? Well, as a glass ceiling, let's say Behemoth headlined the third tent. Um, yeah. It was the third. No, I think it was the third, wasn't it? Which is That's the third. A quite punky one, isn't it? Oh, sorry, no, it was the fourth tent then, the one next to the main mm. stage. Um, so Behemoth headlined that, Satyricon headlined that. Uh, they more than comfortable to do that. Would they be able to... You see, Download Again is a different beast. Like, it's, it's, it's a rock festival with metal bands thrown in. Sure. You, like... I'm trying That's to think a valid question, I think. I think it's a valid question. It, oh, it is. Could they headline, say, the second stage of Download? <laughs> yes, they could. But would it be enough to bring a crowd along? I don't know. It's a tough one. Yeah. I don't think so. I think they'd struggle. I think they'd struggle. And the problem is then you're looking at, if you're not talking about headlining the fourth stage, 10, and you're saying, where can they land higher than, that's higher than that? Can they headline the second stage in the moment? Well, not really, because we're talking about your parkway drives and that kind of thing. Yeah. So they'd be playing during the day on the second stage or even the first stage, and I just I'm not sure that's where they'd want to sit. I mean, Behemoth played the main stage the last time we were at Download, which yeah. was what 2019, so quite low down the bill. Yeah. So. You know, from an intriguing point of view and to get people along, they could probably command a main stage slot. Uh, I don't know where on the bill, mate. That's a very tough question. Fine. It would be lower down the bill, but they would definitely grab enough 
intrigue to get a lot of people seeing them. Fine. And last part of the question on the respective tour. Yeah. Cap, cap are we looking at? I mean, could they certainly get academies? I, I think academy, certainly. Like, I mean, they play in the States and I think they, the States um, have a fairly big capacity crowd uh, venues, do they not? Um, I could see 750, 750 maybe, yeah. a thousand. Yeah. I'd love to say two and a half thousand. I'd love to say two and a half thousand to see them. I just think it is a very niche. Yeah, I think you know, you're right. I think 750 to a thousand is what we're looking at. To be yeah. honest, yeah, but that's um, I mean, incredible, really. If you think of what you say, Machine Head would be doing two thousand five hundred, probably. So, um, yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it, like your trivians or whatnot. So, so yeah, that's pretty. That would be pretty amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Nothing to be sniffed out. I think is what they say. Absolutely. So, uh, Watain, the Agony and Ecstasy of Watain. Check it out. It's out now on Nuclear Blast Records. Uh, we're going to move on to our next review, which is by the band Monuments. The album's called Instasis. This is their fourth album out now on Century Media. From a Joey album, very much over to a Venny type album. Now, I'm going to let you introduce this band, why you picked it. You've obviously some sort of form with their back catalogue. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a good one. You're very right in to say it is much more up my straza um, than yours. It is Monuments are a broadly a UK-based band and very much exist in that kind of tech metal, dare I say, gent mould. Um, there are big echoes with bands such as your peripheries and your architects and north lanes to a lesser degree your sixths and your tesseracts but there is um certainly with periphery what you get with um monuments is that very technical music but displayed in quite an accessible way i think it's not it, always a focus with them is on the songs i think that's something i was going to talk about a bit later in the review um it, they've been around for quite a long time since really the birth of the the tech metal or the the gen genre, but this only their fourth release. To me, to my mind, they have probably one of the best drummers in the game in Mike Malayan, um, who we know played drums on the Portals Tesseract Portals live gig. I've seen him play with uh, the Algorithm live before, and that is one of the most incredible live performances I've ever seen. Um, Mike Belang playing live drums alongside the algorithm was just un unbelievable. So uh, whilst I maybe would come onto this, but I don't think you necessarily see that um, on this album. He is one of the best drummers in the game. So I'm always interested to see what they're doing. In terms of their previous work, Gnosis, uh, spelled G-N-O-S-I-S, -S, is probably my favorite of their previous releases um but i other than that mate i don't have a lot to say as is akin to a lot of these bands hmm. they have chopped and changed a little bit in terms of their lineups but yeah this i just saw this and thought Do you know what let's um let's collectively give this a go and see what we've got and here we are i have probably heard one or two songs maybe through you as from my perspective, where I stand with this this uh, band, um, 
never listened to a full album before. On paper, what you said, uh, the likes of, for fans of, should, it, it, it technically would pique my interest because you've mentioned the likes of Sixth, Periphery, although not my go-to albums, but I very much enjoyed um, the last album from Periphery, Hellstan. And I mean, the main, th- the main thing that you said um, was Tesseract which instantly when I put this on was, and I think that's just more down to the clean vocals uh, on this album. So technically I, sh- I shouldn't probably, I'm not say I shouldn't probably like the album, but it's definitely not something I would have suggested to put on the show. That being said, when I first listened to this album, I was in work and it was a really strange album on first listen. At, at points I was like, what's the point of this? And then at other points I was like, this is fucking brilliant. Why have I not heard this before? And I couldn't, my brain couldn't comprehend what was going on while listening to this album. There was, there, but as the more I listened to it, um, I think the first start of the album is quite weak, in my opinion. Uh, the first four tracks are okay. It's only when Collapse kicks in, really, really just grabbed my attention because that is more like, you know, the vocals on it are more deathcore. The the song, the guitar riffing on it, the drops are just absolutely huge. It's more of a verging on a death metal song than a inverted commas gent song. And from there, the album just makes so much sense to me. That's where I'll stand for now. Good. Okay, mate. Um, I mean, that's a good start. That's a good start. <laughs> I mean, I think it's worth saying right now, to get the, the criticisms out there. I, I mean, this is not breaking any new ground. No. It sounds, uh, and you know, there are plenty of subgenres of our scene where that can be said, do you know? Yeah. Take black metal, we've talked about it. Take death metal, do you know, there are plenty of examples of bands who stick within their genre and don't really, do you know, perturb it too much. But that that's fine. Mm-hmm. You kind of, even from the front cover, even from the name of the band, you kind of know what you're going to be getting. Um, but what I would say is, like, my thing with this type of music is, sure, these guys are super technical. It's called tech metal for, for, for GC's sake. It's like, it is technical, but it should never be at the expense of the songs. You mentioned Last Periphery album, I think Periphery mm. do that really well. I think they 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 write really good, memorable, catchy, bright, happy songs, which are super technical. Like none of us could play along with them, but the the technicality is secondary to the songs. I think Monuments have done that really well as well on this album, and I think that's a really important thing to say. It's it's got all of the hallmarks that you expect that guitar tone, which you know you either like or you don't like but that mm. really deep kind of architecty um guitar tone which i i'm a sucker for i really like and, and it's all over it's, it's got that great you know high tech futuristic production it's got layering of sounds for the synths in the back interestingly they've got a guy on here called mick gordon who um contributed to the production of some of the tracks he is like some Australian producer who is best known for penning the soundtrack to the uh, Doom computer game. 
which wow. everyone's really like the newer Doom computer game like is very well known for its soundtrack and okay. he subsequently worked with a lot of, of metal acts including Bring Me Horizon on that last EP that um that post-human EP that I really, really like. So he's his name pops up as credits on a few of these tracks. Interestingly, not as like a production credit, but as a contribution to the song credit, which is right. which was pretty interesting. So he features on Cardinal Red and again on False Providence, which I think is re- a really good inclusion and, and make and I think does add, add something. Um, I mean, I don't. Th- Going through this, I didn't feel a great value in breaking down things track by track, but rather to, to speak as a whole piece. But yeah, I um, I just I'm a bit of a mark for this kind of music, and I often need one or two albums like this a year just to scratch that itch. You know, for me, this is dead on. It scratches that itch. I think they've write they've written the songs really nicely. I. They've got a new singer for the album. As I say, these bands do have a habit of chopping and changing a little bit. And a, a guy called Andy Sitzek, I think you would pronounce it, um, very much in uh, an interestingly Spencer Sueto from Periphery appears on one of the tracks. I mean, he's very much of that school combining that harsher guttural death metal style vocal with the super clean chorus. I, I was kind of interested what you would make of that, having been a vocal, having spoken out against it in the past, what you felt about it on this record. On on the, tra- on the as a whole? As a whole on this album. I mean, yeah. this is coming on your background of liking that last Periphery album, is why I'm... I mean, before I re- I know what you would say, and you would not like it. But um, as you you soften slightly on your stance with the last Periphery album, I'm interested to see what you make of this. Yeah, so Tesseract would be another good example of a band that just is more. It's definitely swaying more towards the cleans and softer, softer, mellower, uh, and less screams. This album had quite a nice balance for me, actually. Um, I'm still not a fan of cleans throughout. But I think the introduction of a few of these, I mean, like just take Collapse again is, is absolutely phenomenal. Like that is absolutely huge, such a great diverse mix. And the way the death metal vocals and the cleans do come together actually surprised me a lot. I am getting softer in my old age, right? Now. These, <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, my, my, my gripe is bands like, what well, in the metalcore genre, who swagger on stage, you know fucking and let's tear this place down and then they go oh like that's my gripe right if you're gonna be fucking do one or the other right yeah yeah yeah, okay i I mean i've heard you talk on this before and i i know that real and it is a bit of a jar where you go from the from the verse where you've got the death metal barks to a super clean chorus and it almost has become a bit formulaic like we talked about monuments aren't breaking any big molds with this um but i mean i think he's got good voice i think this is what you are after with these types of songs there's some really memorable catchy choruses i think they they do that really well so um as i say i'm a bit more soft 
in relation to this type of music. Yeah. I really like I really like it. I, I don't listen to this type of music exclusively. I think it would be too much to listen to it all the time. But like I say, I need one or two albums like this a year to to really scratch that itch and this this album does it for me. It's it's a total venue album. When I was playing I was like I can see hundred percent why he's picked this because it it has everything that you look for. I can imagine you putting this on a bedtime and having a lovely time going to sleep. Not gonna offend anyone around the dinner table while having it on in the background. Yeah, I, I enjoy like. putting this on in the car actually. I think this is a great and I don't know what your opinion on this is, but I, I find this quite happy music. Oh definitely. Like I was thinking um you know, like Tesseract, uh, Polaris, Survival sort of vibes off that, you know. Um, I'm not offended by this at all. I think it's a, like I said, my, to start with, I couldn't comprehend it. And it did take a few listens. But now I think this is a very solid album. And, you know, for, for me, Benny, this is a 7 out of 10. And as you said, not breaking any boundaries. But does it need to be? Probably not. I think this is perfectly acceptable as a tech gen metal album um in 2022 good man um for me i've gone eight out of ten and what i would say is i don't think this is as technically as good an album as the watain album but i just like it (laughs) it's just as simple as that i just like it and what i thought i'd say is these bands are a little bit ten a penny maybe not so much now as five years ago these bands are ten a penny but actually to stick out in the scene and to write good songs, I think that is a harder thing. And that's why the cream probably does rise to the top a little bit with your bands like Periphery. And, and hopefully the UK's monuments, as I say, a, a lot of these bands are from elsewhere. So it's good to have someone UK-based to be uh, flying the flag. Very good. That's a, I'm surprised that was an A for me, but that's absolutely fine. So monuments in stasis uh, out now on Century Media. And on to our final uh, record, we are reviewing the new EP from Huntsman. It's called The Dying Pines. It's out on Prosthetic Records, which, as, as a side note, mate, Prosthetic Records are another label that are starting to really release some ripping albums recently. Tearing it up. Yeah, absolutely tearing it up. So if you're watching that, there's a few albums coming down the line. Uh, Undeath released one, which is not really your cup of tea. Huntsman, perfect example. Um, Huntsman, well known, Benny? No, mm. but I do remember that you in particular, or we, but you in particular, are purveyors of their last album. Mm. Um, I remember you liked that a lot. Um, so that was called um, Mandela of Fear. Yeah. Um, and I, m- I remember you bringing that along and, and being a big fan. Um, to broadly define I mean kind of doomy female vocals although duetted with some male vocals um, and quite kind of folksy proggy end of doom so it's not it's not Black Sabbath rip on repeat it's that kind of folksy um, quite delicate at times quite progressive at times progressive yeah yeah echoes of maybe swallow the sun a little bit at their softer moments um, do you know what what when i was listening to the first track on this Benny, um the first one that sprung to mind was panoptic on 
Panopticon, yeah. Um, not necessarily with the uh, that style of harsh black metal, but certainly that Americana, Indiana sort of uh, woodsy vibe, if you know what I mean. Yeah. For me, the Dying Pines uh, is, is kind of starts with just a gentle strummed acoustic guitar very delicate female vocal that comes in and it reminded me i know i'm not sure your feelings about this artist but a fair bit of nick cave um in that similar vein um, okay. almost a, a, quite a country yeah folk, folk americana like you say um and then the male vocals kick in a bit later in the track and harmonize really nicely with the female vocals and that's something clearly that is front and center of what huntsmen do an important part of what they do but i think they do execute very well yeah they were due to play desert fest this weekend i believe but had to cancel because of covid which is a shame um but i suppose that you know in desert fest you have the likes of elder electric wizard i think i hate god crowbar i think so that gives you sort of an idea of not necessarily who they sound like, but where they sort of sit in in the metal genre. Um, it's very difficult to describe who would actually like this. And I think it's more an album where you need to commit to it. Now, it's only three tracks, um, this Dying Pines EP. Um, what, I mean, what, 15, less than 20 minutes? But musically, they have such a gift in writing some incredibly hooky and mesmerizing tracks don't they and and that is largely driven down to the vocals for me yeah yeah i am um, i mean the in a way three tracks the first track is kind of uh it's not an instrumental piece but it's you could call it that yeah for yeah it's difficult to say it's a kind of song in its own right um, yeah but yeah i mean here's was the second track is the kind of where this ep leads to the third track being a cover so um yeah i think if you if we're t- kind of analyzing the ep the second track is the most important song yeah. to really concentrate on and i think it's a beauty oh it really is isn't it yeah i mean it does have from from the first track which is very acoustic very gentle the second track does then have distorted guitars that come in the heavier instrumentation um quite a lot tom work on the drums almost mm-hmm. a bit kind of tall esky sepulchre-esky toms um, on the drums um but yeah just a really good very progressive doomy somber um track and again the harmonization of the vocals is a really important facet of what they do and is is executed really well on this track as a band who are very firmly in the underground um you know they're not if if we're talking like commercial versus underground huntsman would be very much in the underground the likes of roadburn would probably have whether they played roadburn or not i'm not sure but that's the sort of um where do you think they sit in terms of success in the underground if that makes sense yeah it's interesting i did another i just came to me another potential comparator i don't know what you think about and not quite as proggy but for fans of the second wilderon album epigon in that kind of wistful yeah. 
kind of quite gentle in places, progressive, expansive. Um, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I think they've got the weapons, essentially. I'm not sure anyone's ever said that about them, but they've got the weapons in terms of uh, all of the important facets to go ahead and succeed. Um, I don't know. I don't. I, I mean, I do think there is a ceiling on this. We talked about ceilings a bit, which is a shame on the on the show already. But I do think that there is a lid on this kind of music that, because you're never going to get a hundred thousand people chanting along to this. Yeah. As a Saturday night headliner, I think there's always a bit of a, like for example, Swallow the Sun, a band we've talked about on the show quite a bit, yeah. who have that very somber sad, wistful, doomy sound to them. We've already often said, why aren't they a bigger band? And I, do, I think that buys into it, that you probably have to be in a, a bit of a certain mood to listen to it. And I, that's why I think there is a little bit of a cap to it. Mm, interesting. I think for, like, certainly you're not talking about 100,000 people. <laughs> that's for sure. But I think in these niche festivals, like the likes of Desert Fest and... Um, I mean, even our tangents just say that as well. I think this band would definitely grab a lot of people's attention if people listen to them. And you don't hear a lot about Huntsman, whether that's just, the, just being in different circles um, of the internet, I don't know. But this is what we're here to do, is to promote these sort of bands and give them some exposure because, like you said, uh, their last album uh, was really good on my radar. And more people should listen to it. And there'll be a lot of people who... That Sabbath comparison you were talking about, yes, to an extent, but there, there is a lot of dynamics in their music that will certainly hook a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the, I don't think they sound particularly similar, but Oceans of Slumber as well, a little bit in that okay. kind of... Um, maybe not quite as bombastic as Oceans of Slumber, maybe a bit more understated. Um, but yeah, I think, um, like I say, with, whenever you have that dual threat of the female-male vocalist, I think it just expands the possibilities and it works mm. really well in this kind of style. I've loved it when, for example, Swallow the Sun had brought in a, a female vocalist to complement their tracks. I think that just works so well. So, so I think, yeah, they've got it. They've got the song writing. As I say, this is an EP, but if, if anyone wants to go back and listen to the Magda of Fear, then, you know, that wasn't just a scratchy debut first effort. That was actually a really well-produced, really well-written album. So um, that's there to go back to as well. And that's something like I might throw on this afternoon just while having a nice little relax. Yeah. You know, really, Bank holiday Monday. Yeah. Oh, Why not see it out? See it out in style. I don't fancy any wate in this afternoon. It's not really that sort of vibe at the moment. Um, and we don't we don't obviously break uh, EPs. And this one, you're really talking about one song anyway. Um, we are. Yeah. The yeah. cover. Well, I would say the cover is good. Do you know? It, it probably is in part faithful to the original, that not that I'm that familiar with the song Carry On by Cosby, Stills and Nash and Neil Young. Um, but I think they do add a bit of heavier guitar in there um, and it has that nice kind of build towards the end of it. But yeah, I mean, it's worth saying it is a good cover, worth listening to. So that is the new EP from Huntsman and it's called The Dying Pines. It's out now, go check it out. And that is it for this week's show, a stonker of bands. 
a good mix. You're right, 33.3% filth. Um, we were quite on point with our ratings this week, quite, you know, which is very rare on this show. We were plus or minus one, weren't we? So yeah, yeah. Pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. And so, they fell in the order that one would expect as well. Yes, yeah, broadly, exactly. Broadly yeah. speaking. So on the next show then, we will have probably both Witness Tool in action. Yes. Lovely. And your little face. And I will, I'll try not to spoil it with a setless spoiler. Oh, for you, nice. like a like a prick. And um, okay, so that's it for this show. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Heavy Mats Podcast.